Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. On Friday, January 27th, I did my first live stream on YouTube, and I'm going to upload uh, most of it here on uh, for this podcast today. And uh, it's I, I edited out the unnecessary aspects of it because being that it was my first live stream, uh, you know, there were a lot of mistakes. Uh, however, for your listening enjoyment, uh, here I present the... Uh, the brunt of the first initial live stream that I did for YouTube. So, uh, we're going to talk about uh, music and how it has an effect on the UFO situation. Now, I, I remember it was uh, probably about 10 years ago, I, I showed my son uh, the documentary from 1979 called UFOs Are Real. And in that uh, documentary, uh, the music that if you ever see that movie, it's uh, you could you could watch it right now for free on on uh, channels like uh, UFOB. They have it on there. Uh, Shout TV has it. Uh, you could check it out on there if you have a Roku. Uh, so you could check this movie out. It's called UFOs Are Real from 1979, and it has this really creepy music in it. And uh, my son was extremely scared. He's like, he started crying. He's actually, you know, he's like, wait, why did you put this on him? You know, this is terrible. You know, they're showing flying saucers and this music in the background was just creeping him out. So I had to turn it off. He, he, he just wasn't ready to watch something like that. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I recently did a video as, you know, some of you who follow my YouTube channel and podcast, I, this, there was a video that I uploaded exclusively to YouTube and it was about the... Uh, mostly about the turkey ufo uh incident and throughout that video i had this really you know i i I, there was four different tracks of music that i used uh, that i actually took from youtube's uh audio library and uh and that it was you know it's it it was the the music i used was you know really creepy it was like in a way way it was like music that you would have heard and something like ufos are real and so then uh, a couple days ago, I started publishing segments of that uh, U- Turkey UFO video onto Twitter. You, you're only allowed, I was talking about this just yesterday, you're only allowed to uh, uh, you know, include uh, up to uh, two minutes and 20 seconds worth of, uh, uh, I'm going to say hello to somebody here, hold on a second. Uh, you're only allowed to have up to two minutes and 20 seconds worth of, of video on uh on you, uh, you know, on Twitter. So I uploaded these little segments, and and some of the segments got a lot of comments on on there. And somebody was really upset about the music that that's that's in there. And I I, I think I have to agree. I, I have to agree. There was a person named Lucy Crew who commented on this, and she says here, "I'm so sick of the ominous mute background music in all of these. I truly believe we're doing huge damage to our mental health." By creating fear, by adding it in the video's films. I believe we're causing our own terror. Counterproductive. I feel the message should be of hope and change. Okay, well, I'm just going to play some of this video here, and you can understand what she's talking about. You can hear the musical in the background. Listen to the music in the background. The mainstream media, including news outlets such as CNN, NBC, Fox, ABC, CBS... The New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post obviously take all of their reporting cues on the UFO topic from the Pentagon. 
The mainstream media serves as mere press relations for the secret control group hidden within the military-industrial complex that for 75 years has been privately studying the extraterrestrial phenomenon. At the very end of 2022, the Congress passed the National Defense Authorization Act for 2023. It also included language that allows people working for weapons manufacturers or within the Pentagon to report to Congress what they know about aliens, recovered alien craft, and UAP without... Well, so there you go. That, that, that's enough of a sampling. You can understand where this person is coming from in a way. So I, <laughs> I made this video and I included you know, this really creepy music as you know as, as in the background there to, you know to and maybe it's a mistake to do that now also ufob uh another youtube channel and this is from their twitter feed they posted another video after mine that has uh, a clip from a uh an incident that happened uh involving a guy that saw and was involved with aliens and ended up committing suicide and there was creepy music in that too i'm not going to play that right now because i don't know if if it will have an effect on my YouTube channel because it might be copyrighted music. But anyway, you can understand where Lucy Crew is coming from here. Uh, and then she, she continued. She wrote, she wrote, We're stuck in a vacuum cycle of Hollywood manufactured dramatic fear. Super stupid and artificially creates a bottomless pit of horror. <laughs> Most accounts I've seen, people, witnesses, are in awe, mesmerized, and mostly calm as time passes. We got to stop with the dumb background music, please. Well, <laughs> well, I, I understand this. I actually, I, I, you know, maybe it would have been better if I would have made that tur turkey UFO video without any music at all. You know, maybe it would have been just better just with narration and no background music at all. And nothing to give it any sort of uh, dramatic uh, heft whatsoever. You know, basically what, it, what that music does is it creates a mood. You know the mood that I was creating for that is. I mean, when after watch, I rewatched the entire video. There's a the whole video in the entire in its entirety is like ten minutes long. And when you when you watch the whole thing, it's like, yeah, this is yeah, this is really scary. Like what you know, I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I wanted to you know it, what what that music does is it, it puts it, it, you know it creates a mood, and the mood that's created you know is actually you know it's pretty horrifying. It's pretty scary actually when you really think about it. Anyway, Lucy Crew continued. She wrote, We continue to lie each other by putting out false messages to brutally sell animals with laughs, clapping and fake tales of filling our bellies and our minds in the name of education or entertainment, then twist this UAP stuff with scary music, opposite of what we should do. Well, I'm not saying it's opposite of what we should do. I, in a way, I don't agree with everything here. You know, I, I, you know, I, I don't think we should have a, you know, happy-go-lucky music playing along with these kind of videos either. You know, I don't think that's appropriate either. We have no. I mean, there's not. There's people out there who, who think that, uh, you know, this that these visitors, uh, whatever they're up to, they think it's for a good purpose and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I don't know about that. And, you know, a lot of people who uh, encounter these beings, it's not usually pleasant for them. And I could tell you, the encounter that I had, it was it was one of the most frightening things of my entire life that I had to endure, right? Uh, and actually, every time, the, the time when I saw the, you know, encountered the being when I was a kid, of course, that was that was terrifying. That was, that was terrifying. You know, you don't have, these things, you don't like, you know, something sneaking in your room in the middle of the night and, you know, 
You know what are they what were they doing there? You know what's going on? And then then seeing a flying saucer in the in the in the black of night in the middle of nowhere during a fishing trip in 1994 that's that's scary as hell. But you know my experiences are nothing compared to what some other people have experienced. Like for instance, uh, the Pascagoula, Mississippi incident where there was t- those two guys got you know they're they're stand they're fishing on this in this river uh, the Pascagoula River in Mississippi and all of a sudden a flying saucer shows up and and these three robots type beings come uh floating out and then you know they're, they're paralyzed and they get dragged in the ship and all that kind of stuff that's terrifying and and things like that have happened to so many people over the decades uh so you know i i just don't know if i agree with that i mean i i don't think you know it, to me this is you know but but i do agree <clears throat> that maybe you know putting uh you know you know scary uh, music in the background on these things is probably, you know, that's probably wrong. You know, maybe the best, the the better way to, to put something out like this is the, you know, instead of trying to frighten somebody, but just give them the facts. You know, why why try to create some sort of a mood with scary music? I do agree with that, and I think I did make a mistake actually uh, by doing so. And then somebody else wrote, uh, responded to her, uh, some somebody named G G Thumper on Twitter wrote, my observations show that people are having positive experiences and some all the way to spiritual. Well, okay, well, maybe there are some people out there that are having positive experiences with these things, right? Uh, but uh, not everybody is. I mean, that's that you can't really say that. You just can't really say that. And then uh, Lucy Crew ended this ended what she was saying with, with this. She said she wrote, I think if we stop creating fear with the scary, overdramatic, ominous background mo- music in movies, documentaries, clips, news pieces, etc., that will get there more intact the way it should be. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with her. I, I think that we shouldn't have this the overly dramatic scary music playing along in the background of these uh U- UFO, you know, YouTube videos or uh, documentaries, things like that. Um, some of these documentaries actually have pretty pretty decent music actually in the background playing. In fact, I thought that uh, in 2020s, the phenomenon from uh, the rock documentary filmmaker James Fox, I thought that that music was was really really went along well with it. It wasn't scary. It was more it was more middle of the uh, road. It was it was dramatic in sections, but it was more uplifting in a way. It, it did have some mysterious tones to it, things to make you. But it was wasn't anything like what, what I had in the, in my video. My video, the, if you listen to that video, is pretty much you know this frightening, scary, dark ty- type music throughout the whole thing, which create which does create a mood. And maybe perhaps if I would have used no music whatsoever throughout that it might have been better and it would, the message would have came out without uh, causing any sort of fear so i do agree with that i think that that might be uh uh something that uh, you know if in the future i'll have to keep that in mind so i totally agree uh with that anyway i'm just gonna do something here i'm just gonna do a search while we're on here i have not searched you know usually like you know one thing i always do every day is i i, I type i go to google and all i do is type in ufos just want to see what it comes up with today okay well not much not much okay you know you have this the story from three days ago in the new york post possible ufo caught on camera flying over iraqi city and mazel we talked about that um ufo cowboys reptile royalty and fight to survive i'm not gonna get into that that looks like nonsense to me uh i'll click on google ufo news here uh here's an article from outkick 
from seven hours ago. Let's go through it. Military witness talks UFO sighting in the ocean. Okay, uh, let's get into it. What does it say? Uh, this is the headline. This is an article uh, called with the headline, Witness Shares Unexplainable Details About UFOs Swarming Navy Ships by David Hookstead. Uh, a witness to an infamous UFO event is shedding some light on the incident. During the summer of 2019, multiple naval vessels were swarmed by unidentified objects while off the coast of California, according to the New York Post. To this day, it's still not known what might have been up in the sky. Well, one witness one of the witnesses revealed to weaponized host Jeremy Corbell that there, never, that there was never an, un an explainable launch point for the UFOs if, if they were simply drones. And since this is something, I'm glad they're gonna they're talking about this. That that that's interesting that this is coming from Corbell. Uh, they saying that that yeah, you know there were people trying to say, oh yeah, they were drones. You know that people were seeing drones in there, uh, and that's you know no no, you know that that's what people like uh, Mick West was trying to say. Oh yeah, they were there. People were seeing drones and. Uh, you know that's what they wore, or you know the, that there was a Boku effect when they were taking the 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 the, the, the video of that of those objects hovering over the ship. Uh, and anyway, we're gonna see what it says here. Uh, it says at, at one point he said to me, "These are UFOs. They're unidentified, but we have to call them something. We call them UAS, unmanned aerial systems, because they just weren't big enough to hold a human being. We're coming from the west." Corbell said when talking about the unnamed witness. When the ships were off the coast of California at the time of the 2019 incident, that means if the UFOs came from the west, there wouldn't be they wouldn't be landing anywhere for them to be stored, maintained, or launched from. You can listen to the recording below and decide for yourself what you think. Well, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'll, but you can see there's, you know, I'll leave the link for this story. Uh, you can see it's actually in outkick.com. If you go there, you can see it. It says, uh, this is the latest strange UFO story. Now, the incident from 2019 has been kept a secret. It's been, it's been written about before, but these details are fascinating. As the unnamed witness stated, the only thing that would have maybe been close was a Hawaii, but the distance from Hawaii to California is more than 2,000 miles. You know, I, I lived in Hawaii, and I can tell you, it is, it's a long plane trip from, from Los Angeles to Hawaii, to Hawaii. It takes a long time. A lot of ocean to cover until you get there. Okay, for reference, a Predator drone, which is one of America's best assets, has a range of roughly 250 miles. That means a drone launched from Hawaii wouldn't even get close to California, and the same is true if the launch point was switched to California. Then, the UFOs would then depart in all different bearings. That caused the Navy personnel to report it, according to the witness. Again, these ships were just in the ocean. So, where did these UFOs fly off to? While there's often logical explanations, there doesn't appear to be one here. Usually, when we're talking about UFOs, there is always at least one possible explanation. Oftentimes, we see sightings within a couple hundred miles of military bases. In this case, that's simply not the case with the UFOs from the West. Even if they launched from from the east, it would still be a massive distance for non-military drones to fly, if that's even what they wore. Uh, so let's just stop here for a second. So this is interesting that this is coming out right now. Um, yeah, this is very interesting. Anyway, uh, so there you go. So you're seeing that uh, the explanation for these objects that were hovering over some of these ships. I mean, yeah, if they were drones, where the hell did they come from? You know, who, who was sending them up there like that? You know, so that it doesn't make any sense, right? It would be a long way uh, to be traveling from uh, Russia or China or, you know, where are they coming from? I mean, even if they were coming from, uh, 
from the east, like like it's like it says here. Well, uh, who's sending them and why? I mean, you you would think if it's somebody within the Pentagon sending things out, they, they, they would know, right? I mean, they're all working together. It's all we're all on one one part of one team here. So I guess you know this is. Uh, uh, you know, an, another thing, you know, another thing that's going to, you know, these kind of stories, right? Again, we, I've been talking about this. I've been talking about it yesterday, yesterday's podcast that I did, right? Uh, you know, these kind of stories, these are the things that are going to drive debunkers crazy because, again, it looks like, you know, the bottom's falling out for them. You know, I, I, another, yet another story, another story, right? Where, where, where? Okay, yeah, we, uh, th this is just the Boku effect, and these, uh, these weren't really triangles up in the, up hovering up in the sky. That was a Boku effect from the, uh, from the camera. Okay, so what? Even if it was a Boku effect, right? Even it was, where did the object come from? What are they? You know, who's sending them out? Who's launching them? From what? From from what base are they being launched? Right, and then where are they going back to? How are they? Where are they moving back to? If there's thousands of miles of ocean, you know, from from where the ship was, and in all directions, right? It doesn't make any sense. So again, these people are, uh, you know, they're it's not working. Okay, here we go. I, I I'm gonna stop here again because I don't know what I'm really doing yet with the live stream. I, I'm I have my cell phone off to the side, right, to see because so I could read the comments that are popping up as uh, as this thing continues here. It says okay. Uh, J Mog said hi. KJ said cool to see you go live, Jim. And KJ also said play yakety sacks. Uh, and then Jeremy Cor then he said K Jeremy Corbell is great, but it does seem like he holds back evidence until it makes sense from a marketing perspective. Uh, yeah, it does seem like that for some of the people out there. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know that we're we're humans. I mean, that's the human. That's the thing that humans do. I mean, when you really think about it. It's just that's how we are you know <laughs> that's another interesting story there from and, and some more stuff coming from jeremy corbell but yeah i do agree with you that some people they seem to hold stuff back uh but you know maybe that's the way it need at the same time sometimes you wonder maybe that's what needs to happen maybe this is you know when you really think about it maybe disclosure in the in their minds maybe you know it needs to be a slow disclosure you know uh, and that's something that's that's maybe that's why they're doing this. Okay, here's this orb from the, here's the here's an orb that was filmed in 2016 and uh, hovering over Mosul in Iraq. Okay, then okay, guess what? Here's here's some comments from some guy that was on this Navy ship talking about that these things couldn't possibly be drones, you know, because where are they coming from? Because there's thousands of miles of ocean, you know, on either side. So you know that, that that's interesting and uh, so. You know, it, it could be. You know, we we need to come out with this drip, drip, drip. And if you came out with everything all at once, it may be too mind blowing for everyone. Of course, that's the way I would want it. I would want everything just to happen all at once, like boom, like an atomic bomb going off. You know, all the information just pouring out. You know, like like a like a like a volcano just exploding and and everyone just standing there in awe at all the information of the reality that there's an extraterrestrial presence here just falling on them. Okay, we're going to take a little break uh, right now, but before we go into the break, uh, I just want to ask people, uh, if you really enjoy my podcast and you like what I'm doing, uh, I would really appreciate uh, for my podcast listeners to, uh, you know, give me a vote, uh, or give me a positive vote, if you will, on my uh, on the Spotify apps on your phone or whatever podcast uh, platform you're using. If you give me a, a positive review, that helps out. 
and uh, you know, it gets other people possibly to, to check me out, to check out my my site and my podcast, and I would really appreciate that. Anyway, we will be right back. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I'd rather see things happen happen automatically uh rather than this slow drip but hey if the, i i have no problem with anything that jeremy corbell's been doing i mean if what he, he's one of the people I, I have a lot of respect for this guy i mean he's a guy him and someone like uh like people like george knapp george knapp's been on this since like the late 80s since 89 i guess when you know he was talking you know when he was i think it was 89 when he first started uh doing stories in Vegas on his Vegas TV station for uh, with regard to Bob Lazar uh, so that, like he's been on this all these years right um, and, and I actually remember seeing George Knapp actually back in uh, on TV back then in the, in the early in the very early 90s actually I remember seeing George Knapp before my 1994 UFO uh, encounter uh, you know, again, by by the late '80s, that's when I had realized uh, I started becoming. I started personally becoming interested in in uh, the alien presence. Probably, it was toward the the late '80s is when uh, when I, I I remember seeing a documentary and like uh, about alien abduction and the, and the realization just like pouring over me. Like that's what happened when I was a kid. You know, that's that's when it really really you know started hitting me uh like i start really thinking about it and i started watching documentaries about it and everything because again for all for a long time like i i never could understand what happened when i was a kid like what was that thing in the room like i knew it was real but to me i thought it was uh something spiritual like maybe something that like actually not good like something from hell i couldn't understand what was going on that that the sound that i heard during it that incident like that 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 weird crazy sound and then also um uh the uh like the the, the hand the, the shape of the hand i mean it looked like something out of a, a, a of a you know a, a, you know something you would imagine as a demon having like a three-fingered hand with you know, three thick fingers that come to almost points you know i i saw that and i i didn't know what it was and of course again like i said i i, I didn't it didn't hit it didn't dawn on me till sometime in during the late 80s like you know it had to be like at least 10 years somewhere you know 87 somewhere around there maybe where i start realizing you know and then by by 1990 i was starting to pay attention to documentaries uh on cable tv and uh uh here's another comment here from kj i'm also a journalist and have great respect for george knapp yeah yeah he's a, he's somebody that you know I, again i've been paying attention i know i've i had seen stuff with him and bob lazar back in the early 90s uh you know so by that point i was interested in uh in the subject because then i realized that's what happened you know that's what that had to be when i was a kid so then i started watching all these documentaries george knapp was most certainly in, in several of them that i had seen at that time and you know of course talking with bob lazar and and reporting on the bob lazar story and uh so that was uh, really interesting stuff back then uh and then of course in 1994 when that incident happened i couldn't i couldn't believe it i mean when that when i saw you know my friend called me up and we went out on that fishing trip uh you know and then 
to, to have that happen you know to see a ufo then after after green after having an interest in it already right by that point by 1994 i had already developed an interest in it because of what happened all those years before and then to be on a fishing trip and then to have something happen again but then this time at least at least that second incident that i had you know seeing that flying saucer at least there was a witness there my my good friend scott was there of course you know I, i've talked about this story a number of times before and he was there and uh it was uh it was unbelievable i mean it was scary and it, you know it was on it was somewhat awe-inspiring but it was it was most certainly scary uh i mean i wanted to get out of there you know i was in shock and uh but uh yeah so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm regard. I'm getting off track here. You know, th again, this is the first live stream I did, so you got you got to cut me a break here. Uh, let's see if there's any more comments here. Uh, hey, Cork Zone from Saywan P. Do you have a link for our? Do you have a link for guests? No, I do not. I'm actually I, I'm doing this show on on Cyberlink. Uh, I, I, put it this way, Saywan. I don't even know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> this is the first live stream I'm doing, so I, I, at some point I am going to have guests on once I get things figured out better. And, and, uh, but no, right now I don't have any uh, any guests on, and uh, I, don't, I don't even know what I would have to do to be able to do that. I don't have the ability to do that not through uh, not through the program that I'm using. Uh, but at some point, I at some point in the future, I am going to have guests. Uh, on i was like i was saying earlier i do plan on having uh guests on at some point at some time in the future uh with uh, on this because i want to start doing live shows and uh, i want to start talking to people there's a lot of interesting people out there i would like to interview and talk to um and uh like i was saying earlier i am i'm going to appear on somebody else's uh show later on tonight i'm going to be on military witnesses to uap and i'm looking forward to that i always in, enjoy uh you know talking with uh, shannon and rob uh they're, they're two guys uh who you know love this subject just as much as i do and uh so i'm looking forward to that but again this is the first time so again hey uh, as I, I just ask everyone hey to, to give me a little uh leeway for the first one here you know usually what i do is i'll you know usually how what i what i usually do i mean with with with, with the kind of stuff that i do with the podcast and everything and i guess i'm gonna have to try to figure out a way to upload this later on to the for my podcast listeners because there's a lot i have actually have a lot of podcast listeners i have over two thousand followers on just on spotify alone so i'll probably figure out a, i'll just i'll probably upload the audio for this later on uh to my podcast but uh what i usually do is like i'll usually there'll be usually something floating around my head for a couple of days sometimes there's things that happen like on that on on, on a you know so I'll, I'll read something in the morning and then okay I, I gotta do something with this but a lot of times i'll think about something for a couple of days and then uh you know do something and, and then finally sit down and do the podcast and talk about it and basically get out everything i was thinking about for you know for 12 hours straight or something you know but with this today i i uh i really didn't have time to think before i did it I, I knew i wanted to do this today but i really didn't have time to think the only thing i i was thinking of was the first thing that i talked about uh, uh early on in the podcast i was talking about uh, how some people were there, there was some people upset with the kind of music that i that are, is used oftentimes during ufo documentaries or ufo youtube videos things like that and i'm guilty of it too you know i was talking about this during er, the earlier part of this podcast where i had um 
you know, I had that recent turkey UFO video, and for that, throughout that whole video, I had terrible, horrifying music playing in the background. You know, maybe it would have been better not to have any music and just have the narration, because rather, you know, when you have that kind of music in the background, it creates a mood, and the mood that I created for that video really was dark and, and scary, and maybe that's not the way to do it. Maybe, I mean, doesn't mean it's, there's nothing scary about aliens, because I think there is, right? But at the same time, there, maybe there's some good things about them, too. I, I don't know. Maybe you just lay out the information with, you know, no, uh, nothing that would alter the mood uh, of someone that's trying to uh, absorb that information. So I think I need to, you know, I think a lot of people, I think it's actually good, uh, good advice, you know, not to go too far with the, the mood-altering music, because uh, it might send the wrong type of message. Uh, but yeah, again, this is, uh, uh, again, I, I, again, you gotta get, <laughs> this is the first time I'm trying this. Now I'm getting more comments here, so, uh, here we go. Uh, I can't, well, there's a lot of comments, so give me a couple seconds here to catch up here. It says here, did the ship you witnessed, this is from KJ, did the ship you witnessed fit into the black triangle profile? No, the, the ship that I saw, uh, it was saucer shaped. Uh, it had three three gigantic lights on it. Okay, now my my friend, like I actually never saw the shape. My friend Scott was underneath it. He was shining he was shining a flashlight on the bottom of it, and uh, he he it was saucer shaped. It was round, and it, to me, from the p position that I was in, I all there was three gigantic lights. I mean, they were gi like giant headlights. They looked like I mean, they were huge, right? Lined up horizontally, right? And they looked really weird too. I mean, they were you, these weren't you never saw lights like this before. If you, you know, I I never saw lights this like this before. It, they were very strange, right? But there were three. But you you you, you know, they're lined up horizontally. Uh, the craft was somewhat flat. You know, you knew you could you could I could see the darkness. You know, there was some darkness where you could tell where it was, but uh, and what the shape was like, right? And it was circular. Uh, but again, I couldn't tell. Uh, my friend Scott, who shone the flash, shined the flashlight on the bottom of it, he was able to see it. Now again, the object that I saw, it was only two and a half stories off the ground, and and about I was within twenty feet of it where it stopped and then start like it came like it moved like this, like there was trees. Like uh, okay, let me let's start from the beginning. Okay, we get we're, we're fishing at this place, and I know a lot of you've heard this story a lot of times before, but I'll I'll tell it again. We're fishing at this place, right, and. Uh, you know, my buddy Scott, like, you know, there's, there's a, there's a pond that was off a lake and it was in the middle of nowhere. There was no, but no people there whatsoever. Uh, and I, I have something new to talk about with this story too. And I'll bring that up here in a second. You're going to find this interesting. Um, but anyway, uh, we're at this, uh, at this lake. And, and so we're at this pond that was off the lake and, and behind us was this open field of like, there was like tall grass there and on the perimeter was forest. And in the one area, there was a little bit of a clearing, right? And I turned around to get a cigarette out of the tackle box. And when I did, I saw uh, there was three giant, these three giant lights hovering below the trees, moving behind them. Right, and and then it moved out from behind the trees into that clearing, and then started moving. And it was by this time it was moving towards. So it was right around that point. That's when I said to my buddy, I said, Scott, what the hell is that? Right, and he turned around and he said, I don't know. And I'll never forget the the way the no was like elevated because it freaked him out too. He couldn't believe it. I mean, if you would have understood where we were, right, and <laughs> see this thing all of a sudden coming at you, it was unbelievable, right? 
So uh, I'm standing up looking at this thing, and it and and it basically came around and then moved right to right to where I was. He was like off off over here under the edge of it, and he and he shined start he grabbed the flashlight and started shining it on the bottom of it. And right when he started doing it, I said, "Let Scott, let's get the hell out of here," you know. And then at right, right as we're trying to throw all of us fishing stuff into the back of the truck then the things start moving away in a different direction over the tops of these trees and he said that the uh uh this that when that object it was so close to those treetops i mean i there's no way that there's any man man-made craft that could do what this thing did that could fly that close to tree trunk then again there was no sound at all from this thing nothing right and and he said the top uh, the branches on the top of that tree were getting pushed down, like it's the 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 uh, the, the uh, whatever that there was a force, an invisible force pushing those the, the tips of those trees down. I mean, these are thick, big trees, and these you know, and this thing's silently moving over. So then, meanwhile, we're getting the, by this time we're in the truck. While this thing's, I remember getting in the truck, and you could see the thing floating over the trees, and we were driving away, right? And we and we had to drive. Uh, we're driving on this dirt road, and we had a we had a stop because there was a whole bunch of deer, at least twenty deer, that were running uh, away from the direction that that thing was flying, right? And we had to wait for until they were gone, and then and then they were finally out of the way, and then we got out of there. Just a few months ago, uh, uh, two of my friends, my good friends that actually just moved back to Pennsylvania, uh, uh, a married couple, uh, John and Amy. We we actually took a ride to this place. We we, we actually it's a it's still a private community, right? We, we we the plan was was to go in there, and uh, and we want I I wanted to go in there and make a video at that spot. I'm I'm still dying to do it, right? I really want to do this, but I couldn't do it, and I'll tell you why. Uh, <clears throat> because now now again, it's a private community. It's called Beach Mountain Lakes. It's near Hazelton, Pennsylvania. And uh, we were going to go there, but so to get into this uh, private community, you have to go through. You know, it's a it's a gated community. There's a, there's a security card there, but you're allowed to go there, go in there now because there's a restaurant in there. So we went there and we went to the restaurant. We got something to eat, and after we left, we we're going to go to that place. But now that's not not no longer part of Beach Mountain. This place where I was fishing that night. That's no longer part of Beach Mountain Lakes. It's all blocked off, right? And there's security cameras everywhere. It's owned by some developer company, but I don't know what they're planning to do there. But apparently, it's been like this for—I didn't know this, but it was like this for a while now. So you can't—you can't get in this that, that section where I was, where I saw that craft. I can't get in there. So I was thinking about at some point contacting this company to see if they would let me in there because I really want to I've never seen that spot again I've never been to that site again I've been dying to go to that site again in fact I've been dying to do it especially now that I'm doing this YouTube uh, and podcast because I want to I want to get some film I want to get images you know so I could better uh, you know so you could see it better I, I again it was 1994 so that's almost 30 years ago now uh so I, I, I'm assuming it's it probably is, it looks a lot different. I don't know, but I'm I'm assuming you know I could I, I could see the pond. Uh, there's a you know if there's a uh, if you if you did uh, Google Earth, right? You, you could see where that pond is still there, right? Uh, and I did that, so I know it's there. And I'm dying to go there. I'm dying to see it again. I'm dying to to go there to see that spot. And 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 you know and it's just funny now. You can't go in there. I I mean there's like I said, it's blocked off. You know, you, you can't go in there, and there's security cameras all over the place. It won't, and it's there's nothing there. It's just you know, just woods and forest, and you know that pond, and that's it. You're not allowed to go in there. Anyway, I, I, before I go any further, I want to get. Oh wow, I got a lot more comments here. Um, 
And then Say Juan P said, no worries. This was regarding the, about having guests. You are great. Love your take. The debunkers are st- <laughs> the debunkers are stupid. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, and then <laughs> Ninny V says, I agree, Say Juan P. And then he also asked, Say Juan asks here. He says, did you hear NASA is sending astronaut, astronauts, to the moon, astronauts to the moon in February, yet they won't talk about their mission? No, I didn't. I have to look into that one. Saywan P says he loves Robin Shannon. Yes, everybody loves Robin Shannon. If you love UFOs, then that means you love Robin Shannon. Okay, Vapid and Engage, love that you're doing a live. I'm the guy who always suggests that we actually have reverse engineered the ua this is from Va- vapid engage by the way love that you're doing a live i'm the guy who always suggests that we actually have reverse engineered the uap technology long ago and this could be the explanation for black triangles tic tacs yeah that's very well possible that's very well po- you know i yeah i you know for tic tacs now maybe maybe some of it maybe some of it i could tell you this Right, I do not believe that the thing that I saw in 1994 could have been man-made. There is absolutely no way that this gigantic object that I saw hovering in the sky, two and a half stories off the ground, making no sound. There's no way it was man-made. And, and again, you know, I'm in the middle of nowhere in, in this at this in the middle of the woods. Right? What would some man-made? What? Why? If it was some military uh, craft, what would it be doing there? You know, in the middle of nowhere, in some near some residential community. I mean, that mean like I mean, of course, we weren't actually in the residential community. What that was nearby, but what would it be doing floating around there? And some of the problem I have with the idea that that tic tacs are are uh, one of the problems that I have with that uh, that the, that you know something like a tic tac is 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 man made is the fact that. Uh, you know, some of our, our our pilots are seeing military pilots, Navy pilots are seeing these things coming in close contact with them. Sometimes, you know, like I I don't I just for something in in me just says, well, why would, uh, you know, why would we ha- why why would our 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 military officials why would Pentagon officials risk accidents because that's what that would be to me. You're, it seems like you're risking something by doing that by having these objects fly really close to our jet fighters. I mean, one thing can go wrong, and then next thing you know, people could get killed. So that's the, one of the problems that I have with that. Like f- these tic tac things flying around uh, our military craft, I have an issue with that because I, I find it. I just think it would be difficult. Uh, that somebody making that decision would be irresponsible, to, in my mind. Now, as far as some black triangles, I mean, of course, there's evidence that there's the TR3B and things like that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think that I think that some of the things that they probably, uh, I think there's most certainly some of the things they've been developing. Uh, uh, some of it has to. I think some of it is based on on some of the recovered craft they have. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised to find that the, that the, the Raider uh, that they just. Uh, uh, unveiled recently I'm sure that there's some elements that were inspired by recovered extraterrestrial craft why not I mean I I would believe that's most certainly possible okay let's see what else here Uh, say one P Cordell is going to interview Jay Stratton that would be Corbell is going to interview Jay Stratton that would be good KJ I've suggested this before but I hope you can get Scott on the show. Oh, yeah, I would love to get Scott on the show. And then KJ, oh, and I definitely hope you can get it before the land gets developed. Yeah, I'd love to. Actually, what the best thing would be to get my friend and me to go somehow get permission at the same time. Like we go out there and talk about it while we're there. I would love to go there and see that place again. 
and uh, and I, I, it would be great to have for the for the show. I mean, I would be I would I would pro I would probably uh, I'd probably just take a lot of different pictures, film a lot of video, uh, and and then and then maybe I could probably take the images uh, of of where we were standing, and then maybe uh, use some special effects and try to recreate it from using the actual. Uh, uh, from from picture using the picture from the actual site, like try to actually recreate what I experienced to better explain it. Because you know the other thing is when these things happen, right? It's so hard. You know, I'm trying to exp explain it the best I can, and I'm sure that everyone has an a, an idea of of you know in their head and your in your mind's eye, you imagine what something was like. Uh, but again, it, it's never going to be what I experienced. It's, it's never going to be the exact thing that somebody experienced. Like those two guys in Pascagoula that I was talking about earlier. Those two guys in 1973 Pascagoula. They're, they tell you their story all the time. And, 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 and they talk about these creatures that came floating out of this craft and then the, you know and if it, they could tell you this but nothing compares to actually experiencing these things that's the whole thing like i i don't think i think that sets there's a difference i think from people that have these close encounters with these things than from people who don't i, I there is a difference because it, there's something about experiencing these things yourself that just you and and then you just know and you know at the same time here's the problem even though you know for a fact right that there's something going on and something strange happened and there's something out of this world going on you know that it's it's hard that some people are just not going to believe you and and had to be you think i think about those poor guys at pascagoula you know they actually they, they didn't go immediately to the police they, they waited they, they were afraid and I can un I understand why I know that feeling I mean I now of course I never did go to the police of course at the time when I saw it, it was nothing what they experienced though our the, the when I had the sight uh, the sighting of the craft I mean what they experienced was something totally different they were actually abducted and dragged into one of those craft in fact uh, getting back to what happened to me that's what when, when i said to scott like, we got to get the hell out of here right because i thought the thing was going to land that was my fear i thought that thing was going to land right in front of us and and by this point i knew of stories like you know pascagoula and things like that and that's what i was thinking i was thinking that's what's about to happen to us we're going to get dragged into this craft that that's what really scared me that's what i was afraid of uh but yeah i i i uh i really think that uh uh, you know the you know to experience it something like i i can't imagine what travis walton went went through i you know i've read the story i i've seen him talk about this a number of times but i know even though you know i there's there's things in my mind's eye that i could see i still don't know because he even tries he even points that out himself he points it out a lot of times he's there you just don't know what it's like to be looking at one of these beings and he's right we i just don't know the way he experienced it again my experience when i was a kid i saw the shadow of its arm i did not want to see the face but he was looking eye to eyeball to eyeball with these things and i don't know what that's like he does he consciously remembers that and and there's no way that it, it's hard for people out there to uh until these things actually happen to you you just don't know until how, how what it's really like and that, that's uh, uh and that's the truth okay i'm gonna see what else there's going on here in the comment section um where was i last uh vapid engages i agree with why that this is talking about the tic tacs i agree with why that would be irresponsible uh 
with the Tic Tacs flying in our airspace, but just like the Robert J- Jacobs account of of it shooting down an ICBM, we might test these things on our own military. Yeah, and that's possible too. I would find it. Yeah, it's just, I just find it hard to that. That's I find hard to believe. But then again, maybe they do do that and they don't care and they're just seeing what they got with some of these things. You know, you could be right. Then KJ says, "What are your feelings on cryptids like Bigfoot?" Champ, and since you're in Pennsylvania, a hotspot Thunderbirds. I've never gave given Champ or Thunderbirds much thought. However, I have given Bigfoot lots of thought, and I know I've talked about the, uh, Bigfoot on the podcast uh, before, and I'll talk about him again. You know, I actually met somebody uh, in 1999 that saw Bigfoot actually nearby to right now to where I live, uh, where it happened. Uh, there's a water reservoir uh, that where this incident happened, and anyway. Uh, for years, my one friend used to tell me he had an uncle uh, that, uh, excuse me, for years I had a friend uh, who had an uncle and he used to tell me that this uncle claimed that he saw Bigfoot uh, when he was uh, in the 70s. And uh, and I heard this every now and then. It always interested me. So then, uh, uh, you know, the 90s rolled around. I guess about the mid-90s, I started writing for... Uh, uh, different newspapers i would uh, i became first i started off as a freelancer and uh then i got hired full-time finally at one of them and, and it was 1999 when i finally got hired full-time and uh, and i and i i i, I did i'd I like to do stories like that and i remember that bigfoot story and i contacted my buddy and i asked him hey uh you know you think your uncle would uh you know tell me that bigfoot story for a newspaper story and uh, he's like, I, I don't know. And he, but I, I was able to get the phone number from him, his uncle's phone number. And I gave his uncle a call, and he did. And I, you know, told him what I wanted to do and everything. And he did not want to do it. He, he's like, I don't want, you know, I don't want to do that. You know, he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to put his name in the paper and talk about some incident with Bigfoot that happened years ago. And I, I, I actually kept on talking to him. And I finally convinced, I convinced him. He was very reluctant, but I convinced him to, to tell me the story. So we actually met at uh, where uh, this old dirt road near, uh, and we had a walk into this near this reservoir. It took a, you know, I think it was at least probably about a couple of miles probably to get there in this walk in the in the woods. But anyway, he told me the story, and he said that he was, uh, uh, he was, he, he it, it was, I think it was 1975, and uh, he he. He just bought. He just got a new motorcycle. He was, uh, I guess, he was about nineteen or twenty, early twenties, maybe somewhere around that age. He was pretty young, and he just got this brand new dirt bike, you know. Uh, uh, and he was dying to drive this thing, and he and he couldn't wait. And but it was pouring rain out. He said it poured rain for like a whole week, and then finally on the weekend, it was like he said it was like a Saturday or something like the Saturday morning. It wasn't raining, so he finally had the opportunity to drive this new uh, dirt bike motorcycle uh, that he had uh, that he got. And he was driving over these old dirt roads near this water reservoir, which is only a couple, few miles from where I live right now. And uh, and and he went through, you know, because it had rained for a few days, he drove through a big puddle and it stalled out his bike. And he said he was trying to kickstart the bike uh, and it wasn't starting. He couldn't get it restarted. And then he heard footsteps. And, and the first idea in his head was that this is going to be a ranger telling him that he has no business driving around because it was, it's private property. You, you're not supposed to do that, right? And, and he thought that that's what it was. Uh, some ranger coming up to him to tell him he shouldn't be riding his motorcycle over here. And he was actually already starting to think up an next 
explanation, uh, an excuse in his head as he was turning around. But when he turned around, he said there was like an eight foot tall, Bigfoot, hairy beast just walking right across this dirt road and walking into the into the woods. And uh, and he uh, and he said when it when it was walking, he said there was these these trees, like not fully grown trees, but he said the way the trees were bending, like the way when a human being walks through tall grass, he said that these trees were bending like uh, the same way. But it was it was this big hairy beast walking across the in, into the woods. And he told everybody about it. Nobody, he said, nobody ever believed me about it. But I've been telling the story for years, you know, in my family. And and it was true. It was real. And I, I really believed the guy. He was a sincere person. And I, I don't think there was no, there was no reason for him to lie. I, I you know, I had, a, he was reluctant to tell a story, especially in the paper. I, th I, I, somehow I was able to convince him and he, and he finally did it. But he was very convincing and I believed him. It didn't make any sense to make it up. But actually, I remember I used to taking, uh, you know, I used to take my nephew to this. I took my nephews to this site, you know, for walks sometimes. And my son, you know, to show him the site where the guy saw Bigfoot. Like, I, it was a thing, like, at, at, at one point. Because it was, you know, I would show them this site, you know, because I always thought it was an interesting story. But yes, I do. I, I, I do believe that uh, there's something out there. There's just so much... Uh, wilderness in this country alone i mean that's unexplored that people you know deep dark dense woods that go on for you know tens uh, uh, thousands of miles some of them i mean who knows i mean apparently there is something i mean i, I think the patterson gimlet footage i think that's real i do think it's real i mean it you know it, it's been updated uh it was I, I know i did something with this a, a while back i mean there was uh, the one uh show that's on tv i can't remember it right now um but they did they, they did enhance the video i mean it looks it, it you can see muscle movement in the legs i think it's real i think it really happened okay i'm gonna go back and see where i where i was with this okay and then vapid engaged said thoughts on salvador pius and if you've seen it his appearance on theories of everything from kurt j mungle now I do watch theories of everything for, with Kurt J. Mungle, but I'm not on. I don't know much about Salvatore Pius, and uh, I have not seen his appearance on there. So that's something I'm going to have to uh, educate myself on, apparently. And then KJ asked, "I've traveled to remote areas of Pennsylvania investing Thunderbirds. Tales of giant eagles are surprisingly prevalent." Yeah, I have heard of the the giant eagle stories. I did. I've had heard of them, but I never really investigated or read much into it. I I, I don't know. I, I am interested in it. I mean, you know, it's what's weird is I spent my my youth a lot. I spent you know, there's you know where I grew up. I grew up in this little small town in uh, called Mahanoy Plain. It's just you know tiny little town at one time it was a big time coal mining town but then you know that all dried up and, and and basically the town's been you know shrinking ever since you know since the since the 20s or 30s since the coal mining boom really much pretty much ended there but anywhere it's, it's in this little valley and there's mountains on both sides and i spent my whole childhood basically hanging around these mount these mountains uh, nearby walking through the woods you know just a lot of times by myself sometimes with my friends you know but that's i used to love being over there and i never saw anything like that i never saw anything weird actually which is funny i never saw any flying saucers i never saw bigfoot and i was i spent a lot of time over there and i and i never saw any gigantic eagles flying around nothing ever weird happened to me uh during all those treks i spent in, in those uh, in those mountains near my house uh, anyway uh, let's see what the next one said 
It says, uh, uh, KJ also said, I thought it was interesting that Lockheed Martin Skunk Works designed the secret stealth plane that Tom Cruise pilots at the beginning of the new Top Gun movie. Wonder if it was based on Aurora. Maybe. And here's military witnesses to UAP. This has to be Shannon. Happy to see you live. Yeah, thank you. And I will be joining you on your show pretty much, pretty soon here. Uh, it's almost a quarter after eight where I'm at right now. And then Carlos Diaz Valles, uh, Valesquez says, big fan of your podcast. What are your thoughts about the phenomenon being more spiritual than anything else? Um, more spiritual than anything else. Let me think about that. I, I don't know. I don't know if it is or not. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know. I, I really, I don't, I'm not sure if that's the case. I don't know what it is. I, I know there's something going on because of the experiences that I had myself, you know, and because of the, you know, when you, when you read enough books and you see enough people talking about it, telling all these stories, you, you know, something's going on. But as far as whether it's spiritual or not, I know there's a lot of people out there that uh, think this is, you know, it is uh, very spiritual to them, and they and they think it's a good thing. And I, you know, I I, I can't say anything really against that. I, it's not. I I'm not sure I believe that, right? But I then again, who am I? I don't know. I know all I know is that there's something here. That's all I can say. But whether it's a spiritual thing or not, I don't know. I mean, if who knows what what they're doing here and how many are coming here and what their reasoning is behind all of it? I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, it seems like some of them do have an agenda. I mean, it does seem like if you do the research, I'm not sure it's, it's a, a, a spiritual. If there is, in fact, a, uh, an alien hybridization program ongoing, as suggested by someone like David M. Jacobs, I don't know if it is a spiritual thing. That sounds more sinister to me. That sounds like a, a plot to basically consume mankind, to absorb mankind, almost like similar like the blob. Remember the blob, right? The blob came down and, and basically start absorbing everything in its path i you know to me this is almost the same thing you have basically a bunch of creatures that are trying to absorb mankind by taking us over and and creating beings that are half alien and half half us not us anymore we all become one you know that, that i'm not sure if that's spiritual if in fact that's true but it, it does seem like it could be happening there's been so many witnesses to uh, uh so many people who have talked about alien abduction and and what happened to them uh so it's it's you know I, I i think that it's very uh you know i'm not sure about maybe some some of them might be good i don't know if, if some of them if it's a spiritual thing i i'm not sure i don't know how to answer that question because some of it doesn't seem good to me some of it just doesn't seem good uh and some of it seems very scary to me uh I, I know I know again I know there's just some people out there that feel a lot different about this I, I'm just not there right now so I just don't know about that one okay uh, oh thank you very much from Marcus Hansen thank you very much I really appreciate that uh, it says he he, uh, he, for, he actually contributed 10 bucks and he says uh, uh, on the first stream my friend looks great your perspectives on the reality are so different than so many others rehashing the same Reaction the same crap. Keep growing, growing, Corkzo. We applaud you. Thank you. Well, you know, at the same time, you go to admit I rehashed the same crap too. I mean, I just rehashed a lot, a lot of the stuff that I that I uh, talk about. Uh, I've talked about again tonight. You know, I talk about the experiences that I had, and I've, I've been, I've been, I brought them up again tonight. So I'm guilty of rehashing the same crap too sometimes. And let me see, I missed a couple before that. Um, uh, let's see where I was. I'm way I'm behind here. Okay, uh, uh, 
Vapid Engage says, Salvatore has uh, patents with the U.S. Navy and UAP tech. You can even give them a look publicly on Google Patents. And he was reluctant to even go on with Kurt, but chose chose him exclusively. Well, I would understand. I mean, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Kurt has a lot of good people on there, a lot of good uh, interviews. He's, I, I love his show, I, but I didn't get to see that one yet. Uh, that's one I'm going to have to check out. During a lot of it, he says he can't go any further and infers the answers are classified. Well... Yeah, I, I really want to check it out now. And then KJ wrote at Carlos Diaz Velasquez. I do wonder if there's at least an intelligent, reactive, shape-shifting nature to the phenomena. Yeah. And then Saywan P. After uh, Marcus says, "I'm hearing of an alien invasion in 2027." <laughs> hey, it could be. I mean, actually, when you really think about it, there could be. An, we we might be being this. The, the invasion might be happening right now. We just don't see it. We, we it's not the it's not the same. Like we always imagine an alien invasion as something like War of the Worlds, right? That or that doesn't have to be the case. I mean, it could be as what David Jacobs suggested. Uh, it could be this long on you know the alien invasion entails this. Uh, people, uh, you know, getting abducted, and there's a hybridization program. That's what it could be, you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that could be the alien invasion. I mean, if you think about it, there's so many different ways it could happen. I mean, actually, the imagination of of humans actually a lot of times is able to come up with some ideas. I mean, I mean, you think about even from the if you go back to the 50s, there was a movie Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That was when I was a kid growing up. That was the scariest movie from the fifties I saw. I mean, that the whole idea of people being taken over and actually being replaced by by duplicates that come out of pods. I mean, that was just and they take over you. They 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 absorb your your thoughts and your your memories and everything. But wow, that scared the hell out of me. I mean, that that's you know people were thinking those kind of things way back then. Uh, so there's all different types of alien invasion, and I don't think it. I don't think it, it's pot. You know, it could be. I mean, maybe they will come down war to world style and just start blowing everything up. But it could be a different way where they're just slowly taking us over. Do this, uh, maybe this. Uh, who knows? This, this hybridization thing could be going on for uh, 500 years. Maybe, maybe they're halfway there. I don't know. Nobody really knows. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I hope. I mean, here's one thing I do wonder, you know, it, 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 should the day finally arrive, if 2023 is going to be the year, you have to ask yourself the question here, uh, it, is there going to be something, like say disclosure was to finally happen the way we think it should happen, where somebody actually comes up in Washington and starts telling the public on live TV and everyone's just sitting there with their jaws, jaws dropped, except for people like us because our jaws will be normal. Everybody else's jaws will be hitting the floor, right? But our jaws will be like this. Because we we already there. Like a lot of us are already there. We know something's going on, right? Uh despite all the fact despite the nonsense uh, uh, that some people think we're crazy and all that kind of stuff, right? They're actually the ones that are crazy. They're the ones who are, who have uh pretty much sheltered themselves from the reality, but I'm, I you know, I'm getting off track here. But the thing is, what's going to happen uh if the disclosure finally does happen, right? Say it happens this year. Say you know, the end game, we actually reach the end game, we go over that hump. Does that cause the aliens to actually go into some sort of action then? Because I would imagine that they probably know more about us than we know about us. You know, if, if, if they're tens of thousands, if not a million years more advanced than we are, they probably know everything about us. And if, and if, and if, uh, if, they, if they 
we're the, I'm sure, and if there are hybrids, say there's hybrids are living among us, uh, these half alien beings that uh, report all the time to the praying mantises, you know. Uh, what happens when the when disclosure happens? Do they th does that mean okay they all know now? I guess there's nothing without, nothing to hide anymore. It's t it's time time for what? Is there something that they might do if once disclosure happens? That's something I wonder about too. And that's a scare. It's a scary idea. It's a scary thought. I don't know. Anyway, that's something to think about. Anyway, back to the. Uh, here we go. I'm gonna read some more here. This is uh, this is from. Mr. Gray Nine Al, howdy, Jim Cork. Nice to see you throwing down a live stream. Yes, thank you. Uh, this is the first time I'm, I'm doing one. Uh, I know it's not perfect, but uh, I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. Okay, and uh, KJ says I look forward to when you have guests on the show. Should be some fascinating conversation. Yes. Uh, and then KJ says notices the pod people. <laughs> yep. And um, Mr. Gray Al. Says there was a sort of remake movie of Body Snatchers with Donald Sutherland. Actually, the the remake was actually scary too. <laughs> actually, I think it was even scarier. The ending was anyway. Yes, the 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 ending of the original one. There was some hope, maybe. There was a little bit of hope, maybe. And the end of the I you know I'm not going to give anything away here. There might be people out there that haven't seen it. So, if you haven't seen any of the Invasion of the Body Snatchers movies and you're interested in the alien subject, I suggest you see it. Then again, maybe I suggest you don't see it because if you if you understand that there's something here, maybe you don't want to watch something like that. That's up to you. Actually, make it. That's decisions up completely, utterly up to you. Uh, anyway, um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna end. I'm gonna probably yeah. I'm gonna end it up here. Just gonna we're gonna close it down here because I I have a few things I need to do uh, over the next uh, 20 minutes, and then I'm soon be joining uh, Shannon and Rob on Military Witnesses to UAP at 9 p.m. But I want to thank everyone uh, who showed up on my show tonight and uh, hung out with me here uh, for the first one. And I do hope to have guests showing up at some point in the future. And, uh, uh, and in fact, you know, I really like, I would like, I'd like to get some debunkers on here. I'd like to have some debates with debunkers, actually. That might be fun at some point. Maybe not right away, but at some point in the future. Uh, they probably be too afraid. They they don't want to debate me, but it would be still it would be fun. Um, and I definitely there's other there's a lot of people out there. I'm sure I'd like to have uh, you know Shannon or Rob come on the one of these times too. Uh, well, once I get things set up and arranged better, again I'm using a system here. I can't I couldn't have a guest on the way I'm doing this right now. So um, yes. Yes, there will be guests in the future. But again, I want to thank everyone uh, for the, for checking in with me tonight, and and, and I want to really thank uh, uh, the couple of people that the you know uh, thank you uh, Marcus Hansett, and I and also uh, thank you KJ for the contributions. I it's very much appreciated. So uh, until next time, uh, everyone, uh, like Richard Dolan always says, you know, keep fighting the good fight.